welcome to this week's episode of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Canvas. Heidi Ho. <laughs> and Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. Hey, what's up? Not much. And I am Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Vivint Smart Home. Okay, to start this episode off, we're going to enter the What's in Your Feed segment and uh, and kick things off there. Brandon, what's in your feed? I feel like it's the same thing every time, probably because I have this person on the setting where it always shows all posts, and it's just Gary Vaynerchuk posting about his latest Ask Gary V show on YouTube. So not that exciting, but he does talk about political marketing, dealing with grief, and much more. Paxton, what is in your feed? Oh, boy. I'm just going to pull one that has nothing to do with marketing. Uh, a friend of mine said, hey, someone should watch Stranger Things so I can nerd out with you guys. Have you guys been watching Stranger Things? No. Love I, it. I, yes. No. Wait, so yeah. good. Did you just post something on it, Brandon? Yep. What'd uh, you say? It's a good show. Oh, that's all you said? It's very good. It's uh, It feels very much like Steven Spielberg and Stephen King got together and co-produced. Oh, is that what you said in your TV comment? show. But in the 80s. But in the like, 80s. Okay, give me a premise here. I can't remember. Uh, premise I've of only the show? watched the first episode. Yeah, give me a premise of the show. What's it about? Um, Without giving anything away, it's basically this kid goes missing. It takes place in the 80s. And there's a monster there. Yeah, there's all there's these government experiments going on that nobody knows about. They're trying to keep hush hush and kind of connecting the dots between this missing kid and these government experiments that are going on. The the shots that they do are very much like Steven Spielberg movies, Um, even like the opening credits when it shows the name in white. Like if you remember movies from the 80s, like when it had a white. Well, whatever. But it had like a white name on a black background and then it it cut to just black. You know how like there'd be that slight fade to like a red and then black because of just the way the film was shot. Like it was like, it's hard to explain, but no, it, I don't it's, remember that. it's spot on. It feels like it was made. It's like they snuck a 4k camera in yeah. the eighties and yeah, yeah. shot the film. Uh huh. So it's, it's, they do a really it's good a job. Good, if you like eighties films, it's a good one, which so, I don't, but I love this. So <clears> it's, <throat> it's a TV show. Netflix, Netflix series, original yeah. series. When did it come out? Just a few weeks ago, I think. Oh, yeah. I'll they released, it out. What is it, like eight episodes? Yeah, eight episodes for the first season. Fantastic. So if you like sci-fi, I don't really like sci-fi, and I still thought it was good. And my How wife far, hates did sci-fi. You it? And she like, yeah, I've, I just finished it last week, I think. How many episodes? Eight. So it goes quick. Hmm. Okay, Stranger Things. Watch okay. it. Love it. So on my <laughs> Facebook feed, I have a post from Brigham Dallas. Our, uh, Jacob's, our resident PPC, our resident Jacob's PPC lover. expert. He is currently in Spain, uh, down in the it's Canary funny. Islands. He's there for two months. He's been there for, I don't know, three or four weeks, so it's about halfway. And he posted a picture of a dirt trail on the coast, and he wrote, Don't think, just run. Nerd alert. <laughs> just kidding. That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. We're just jealous. All right. Um, cool. So that is what's at the top of your feed. 
Love it. Okay, so, uh, Brandon, you had an event. You've had several events this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, you had a pretty special guest, and his topic that he spoke on uh, was growth hacking. Yeah, we got together with a couple other boot camps to co-host uh, an event, and we got Vincent Dignan from London, who I know I've talked about on the show many, many, many weeks ago. I think he was when we were doing the uh, Marketer of the Week segment or whatever it was called, but he was uh, one. He gave an awesome presentation at South by Southwest, and yeah, he came and spoke and kind of gave an updated speech on growth hacking. And my man Paxton showed up. Yep, to I was support. There. I talked to Brandon beforehand, and then as soon as it was over during the networking session, I left as soon as possible because that's <laughs> the part that I hate the most. And I didn't uh, have a ta- chance to talk with Brandon about the presentation because he was busy networking. Yes. I thought you went to network. Uh, I did. I mean, I met. Yeah, I mean, I did some networking. I connected him with one person. I, mean, I so tweeted he got... a couple times during the Prezo. <laughs> No, I, I met some people, passed out a couple of business cards, uh, got some business cards. So it was good. Well, now we can chat live about what you thought about yeah, I'm interested. presentation specifically and just the whole growth hacking movement overall. Yeah, so I'm going to guess what you thought about it. Okay. Because uh, I've been thinking more about what you thought about it than what I think about it. Do you know what I think about it? No, I don't, but like, I have a guess. Like have access to my diary at home? <laughs> diary. Diaries are for girls. <laughs> Dear diary, Vincent came to Utah today. Uh, I'm going to say that you found the uh, overall uh, thing mediocre. Uh, no, I actually thought it was pretty good. I really liked it. Yeah? Um, I mean, I... Paxton, tell me and Brandon, tell us why you thought he thought it was mediocre. Um, yeah, how dare you? Most of it has <laughs> to do with just his tone of voice as we have talked about. Oh, is that all? Yeah, you like pretty watching much. his facial expressions during the presentation? No. <laughs> oh, hey, did you notice that I gave you a round of applause? Oh, did you? Well, thank like, you. When you went up there. Were you the like, only one? It was like, yeah, I was. Oh, oh when, like when I was like walking when he was, up? When he was introduced, like everyone else got applause, but for some reason for him, it was just crickets, nothing. So then I just started, <laughs> I started clapping and then at least seven other people started clapping. Well, thank you. Oh, man. You're welcome. How many people were there? Um, About 50. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had, I think there we had 50 more. 50 on the list. We had Vincent 180. Came from London. 180 signed up and we probably had around 100 in the room. The oh, room was really? set up okay. for 150. So there was oh, wow. probably about 50 empty seats but i think that was there's around 100 that showed up Those did you speak group. no i just well I he just gave a little co-host. he gave a little prezzo at the beginning about market campus yeah all the a little camps talked about what they do and whatnot so yeah. market campus dev mountain startup ignition okay yeah you guys are all tight anyway uh so my overall high level opinion of it and uh you can tell me if you disagree i i uh i enjoyed it I felt motivated by it. Um, nothing in there that was said was something I didn't already know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I like, as more time goes on, that uh, kind of excitement about it wears off, and I'm left with what was actually said, which, you know, great. I think it's perfect for people who are starting their own business and trying to get into marketing. 
you just described how most people describe church. <laughs> so uh, that's good. You're motivated. <clears throat> and then you forget it yeah. a few days later, and it's uh, information you already know. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, so I, I thought it was really good. It was, it was re- you know, there's a lot of motivation and just, like, seeing, like, quick growth and stuff. Um, I think the point of his presentation is mainly just that, like, because his whole goal is obviously you want to buy his book and get, like, all the in-depth secrets and whatnot. Yeah. So I think his goal is to give you a taste of what growth hacking is, what he's been able to accomplish, what he's seen other others accomplish, give you a couple tools, and then you're just like, man, this is, I'm inspired. And like, now I want to go buy yeah. uh, the book. And so, so, yeah, I thought it was really good. I liked, I think the thing that a lot of people liked about it was just tools. Like, I've learned yeah. that people love they do, tools, man. like, more than anything else. So much. Uh, if you can give them a list of, like, Here's this to help automate this. You don't Here's even this. like you don't even need to show them how to use the tool yep. or how to use that within an overall campaign. Just say, "Here's five tools that I thought were cool and what they do." Uh huh. Okay, so I wasn't at the event, so this is boring. But I have a question: <laughs> Who paid for him to come out here? Uh, that's a good question. I think he's doing a lot of work specifically with Startup Ignition, and so I think they have some sort of agreement. And he's been doing a lot of touring in the United States anyway. So you weren't a part of paying him. No, or yeah, I didn't pay him out. No, I didn't do any. Wait, so that. wait, did you, so Saltman paid for? Him? No, not Salt. Uh, Startup Ignition. I don't know who he might. He may have paid his own way. I didn't ask. Oh, uh, but uh, I doubt it. So if I want him to come present to me, like privately so, in my home, I want to know what it would cost me. You don't know. You can go to his website and he has like a booking page, but he doesn't have prices listed. What if I buy his book? Will that will that do it? I'm sure that'll give him some points, but he'll probably <laughs> charge more than that. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, so what what is growth hacking? So growth hacking, it's interesting. Like you can't it's unlike many things, you can't really get a clear definition. Okay, well of it, let me let me just let me just read a definition. Go ahead and read. <laughs> is this the from Google? Yeah, it is. Uh growth Wait, hacking. What is that actually from though? Uh Wikipedia. Growth hacking is a process of rapid experimentation across marketing channels and product development to identify the most effective, efficient ways to grow a business. Yeah, so growth, a lot of people ask, and I had a couple of people come up to me, they're like, so is this like replacing digital marketing? Is this like, is everything going to growth hacking? And no, like they're two different types of marketing and both are needed. Uh, Growth hacking is heavily associated with startups and new things. So it's it's, it's basically, it's... it's, Your uh, whole focus is on quick growth. It's legion. It's more more like you do 10 experiments and find the one that works and then do that. So it's split testing. Mm. Well, that's split testing. You is, just define split testing. <laughs> well, that's no, a part of you're, you're split testing things, but your, your overall goal, like Vivint's goal and a brand new startup are completely different. Your goal is like, we want to increase sales by 5% this year. Whereas a startup says we need to increase sales by a thousand percent in the next six months in order to get this investment or whatever it is. So you're heavily focused on that quick growth. And like early SEO yeah. really was a form I and mean, growth hacking. The term is new, but growth hacking itself isn't anything new. I mean, very early SEO, the people who figured out like, holy cow, I can manipulate search engines to show my company in people's results. And I can start making some like super quick growth and super and quick money. That's where I think the hacking comes in too, is how do you manipulate something to your advantage at a very low cost for a very high return? And yeah. then just repeat. Like, that's really what... So I think he even said that in his presentation. It's just like, you try 10 things, find the one that works, and then just do that over and over and over again. 
So it's uh, growth hacking is not new, like you said. The term is new, but the tactics involved with growth hacking always change. Yeah, always change. I mean, so you said ten years ago, SEO would have been like the growth hacking thing to do, and now it's just kind of a standard part. Yeah, of of marketing. Uh, I mean, one example that he gave, and it's a really famous one on growth hacking, is Airbnb. I mean, one of the biggest ways, if not the biggest way, that they were able to grow so fast is they essentially kind of took advantage of Craigslist and kind of hacked into their network. So every time some a listing went up on Airbnb, it was copied over to Craigslist. And so they were driving and all every that time, traffic over. Every time a listing went up on Craigslist, they put it on Yeah, Airbnb. it would copy. Yeah. And, then, or, or, and he gave the example of BuzzFeed as well. The reason BuzzFeed blew up is because they went to like Tumblr and Reddit and just stole the viral content, repurposed it, drove a ton of traffic. And then once they have that traffic, then they can start focusing on the more legitimate, yeah, the stuff. more legitimate long-term marketing, whether it was digital, offline, whatnot. So you're you're very, it's very experimental. It's kind of that, that it's kind of that combination of the hacker and the hipster. I, I will also say too that it's not just digital, although I th- everything he talked about was digital in that presentation. But I think growth hacking can go outside of that. Like there is this company that I know that could not afford to buy a booth at Dreamforce where their entire target market was. So instead they, uh, I mean, this is kind of a stupid execution. I don't think it actually worked, but they bought a bunch of like stuffed monkeys because their monkey, like their thing was a monkey. And uh, they just like put the monkeys all over uh, Dreamforce in like hidden places. And they had like little cards that said, you win something if you find them or whatever. I mean, but as a way of like hacking the system, getting around instead of spending fifty thousand dollars on a booth they could spend one thousand dollars on these monkeys and get just as much or maybe more engagement okay so uh you can bring it back to growth hacking if you want but i i well this is about growth hacking you also had an event with pokemon go and i want to know if you can take pokemon go and apply some type of growth hacking (laughs) element to uh for businesses to use pokemon go for growth can i switch it to a different popular app of Clash and Cl- Clash of Clans because wow. I recently just did yeah Clash of Clans that's old Clash news, of Clans man. well so Clash Royale is like probably the second it was the biggest app game until Pokemon took off what's it called it's called Clash Royale so it's basically Clash of Clans but it's live tournament so you're actually playing live versus how do you use that for business oh so here's here is our experience thank you for your growth hack <laughs> so yeah here it comes the answer with uh, with all that so with with Clash Royale. My so my brother is super super into Clash of Clans and all that stuff. So he which brother? Let's let's publicly shame him real quick. Uh, my brother Matthew. I'm, so. just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, shame Clash on you. of Clans or Clash Royale? Both. Okay. He's just yeah, and usually everyone who plays one plays the other. Do you have any idea of how much money he spent in app? Uh, I have no clue. How you much should ask him. He spent, but so they have the tournaments with Clash Royale, and we and he noticed that it's extremely difficult to get into a tournament because you have to pay to start a tournament or you have to use like a, a huge amount of gems, which most people purchase. Hadn't, yeah. Have, yeah you, I mean, most people just have to purchase them. Wait, wait. You have to pay money or pay gem buy gems to host a to tournament? host a tournament. Correct. Yeah. Not to join. Weird. I may have said it. That's how like, it's not necessarily so it's money. less to join. It's you have to, you have to use coins to start it, which you, for many people just right. relates to, uh, they spend money, so it's very difficult. So a lot of people would just sit there and just wait until something opens up, and it would just it would fill instantly. So he had the idea of let's do a tournament, host it um, as Market Campus, and you can password protect it. So 
we made it so we built a tight form. So we, you would go onto the tournament. You would see that we had a tournament. You click on the description, and in there, there was a link going to. So it basically says, get the password at marketcampus.com slash clash. You go there. You put in your name, your email. We asked for their. Is that a real page? Yeah, I, it might still be live. You can wait. So you actually did this? Yeah, this is yeah. We are, we already did this. I'm working on the blog post right now with, with like actual numbers I haven't crunched. But uh, long story short, we got we ran a couple tournaments, like five bucks each, and uh, we got almost 600 emails from people. And wait, when these when these you say five bucks each, that's not going to you. That's going to Clash Royale. Yeah, we 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 paid $5, like 5 to $10, depending on the size of the tournament that we would host. Okay. So all in all, I think we spent a total of like $20 wow. uh, hosting tournaments. And I mainly did it just because I think it'll be an interesting article for people. Like even if it doesn't oh, yield. Oh, for sure. Um, I haven't aligned like how many of those became sales or trial accounts and stuff like that. But uh, is, is this article you're writing going to be like Paxton's article on Snapchat where I just wait for it forever? Yeah. Okay. It'll come out uh, hopefully 2017. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I need to get it out quick just because it's one of those timely things. Yeah. And so, but yeah, that, that's one way. And now in, you know, how many of those people are actually qualified? I know the average age is like 25 to 35 of the uh, players on there. And, you know, they're tech savvy and maybe they have their own projects or who knows. Like, How long ago was this? Uh, we just ran tournament like two weeks ago. So I besides think. the emails, which six hundred is really good, especially if you pay twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, have you seen any other benefits? That's what I haven't like. I I got to go into the analytics. And Did you say two weeks? Sorry, I missed that. It was about two weeks oh, ago. Yeah, do that before you write the article. Yeah, I, I, once I sit down and like write the article, that's when I'm going to go through and grab all the data to see how much. Uh, so yeah, right now they basically just get automatically. So I have it tied. I use Zapier to. So as soon as someone fills out the type form, automatically add their email to our MailChimp list and then send them through this sales funnel. And, and you then know, you should email all 600 people and say, hey, check out this article that I wrote about this. Yeah. So once I have a case study, I'll send it out to hey, all of our channels and whatnot. Re- real quick, um, I'm doing some research on some email marketing platforms, uh, and it's not something I've done a whole lot of. Um, but I'm looking at MailChimp, and am I wrong? Like It looks like... In order for an email address to be added to your list, not only do they have to sign up for your email, but they also have to receive an email and then confirm that they want to be a part of the list. If you do it through MailChimp's, like if, if you use like one of their uh-huh. embedded Is there an forms, advantage to using their embedded forms instead of doing something through Typeform that automatically goes into No, MailChimp? I think it's a disadvantage just because that's yeah, an extra seems that step. Way, yeah. So I like everything we do, like we never but have they don't, people. They don't confirm. like have a thing where you can send more emails if you do it through MailChimp than... No, they don't huh, have any restrictions like that. So most of like the plugins and stuff that you download or services you use, you like the, the good ones will have the options where it will say, like, do you want to send yeah. a confirmation email? And you say no. So if you know code, you can easily use MailChimp's forms and then just go in and edit the code somehow mm-hmm. to disable the ability to send those because, yeah, that would kill your yeah. conversion rate in terms of actual email subscribers so after huh. you purchase this tournament does it get do people is it local or anyone they like, claim how do they get it's notified? local so it's supposedly it's oh wait you don't have to be in a specific location to participate in the tournament no they so oh. there's a there's a discrepancy between what they're saying so clash royale says that it shows the first tournaments like based on location so is it like periscope where you pull up a map and you see like where tournaments are happening no it's just can... a list of tournaments but 
they determine which ones are going to show up and they claim local is on there. But I think of our audience that signed up, 12% was from the United States. So it was mostly oh international, gosh. which for us, it works because most of our students are international. But if you have a, you're only US and that's a waste of money for those emails because they're never going to be customers. So when setting up the, when setting up the tournament, you do not have the ability to decide where not at the moment. That would be cool to do something local. And we started out, so we actually ran our, our very first one. We did it. We just called it like marketcampus.com and like almost no one signed up just because they're looking and they, and they see that private. So they just assume like, oh, it's probably an office group. So we actually had to change the name to uh, click info for tournament password. Like that was the name of the tournament. And then they would actually click on it and then go through. And then in our emails, we would yeah, that's when they get pitched on. Like, by the way, this tournament was brought to you by Market Campus. Yada yada yada. Cool. How many people can participate in a tournament? It depends on how much you want to pay. Like, they're anywhere from I think one to five hundred players. So, did you, so the six hundred that signed up, not all of them participated. Well, so some people will share the password because they have like their clans. So one person will grab it, and then we can, based off like our analytics and everything, we could see that. Like there was one person who shared it with like 40 other players. And then, so they never gave us their email, but they signed up oh. because they shared that. So that's one area. Oh, wait, that, so you didn't get 600 email addresses. No, we got 600 email. We, we had oh. probably almost a thousand players oh, okay. uh, between all the tournaments. But uh, yeah, I had like 630 or something like that. That's emails pretty cool. Come through. Yeah, so that's awesome. why is this the first time we're hearing about this? Because I haven't written the blog post. I haven't really been thinking about it. Dude, when that goes on inbound, hit me up for an upvote. Mm. Hit me up for three of mine. <laughs> but yeah, that was Wait, the main is that, thing. Is that how you get so many upvotes? Me? You have three, three accounts? No, 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 no. My, my upvote is worth three. Oh. Mm. I'll, hit, I'll hit you up first then. You pay, That's right. pay extra gems for that? <laughs> uh, but as far as Pokemon Go, I could not give you an answer because I haven't even played Pokemon Go. Yet. Paxton, can you think of a way that we could use Pokemon Go as a growth hacking uh, not a way that hasn't already been discussed. Meaning, like nauseam. you can pay to have a lure. No. Oh. oh uh, yeah. Well, if it. Ha- okay, I just want for the record. I do not play anymore, but I did play <laughs> for <laughs> a short period of time. Short period of time. Okay, it but, was two but weeks. Tell us what level you got to. Uh, twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. Does my whistle come across well through this? Nope. Microphone? It sounds terrible. Eh, much better that better a little bit better okay anyway if you happen to be if your business happens to be in a location where there is it's like a point of interest in the game you can basically pay to put something on that location that will like attract uh pokemon to your location Oh, pokemon but not people well the pokemon well and then the people. people yeah exactly so so you can but like that's pay only nintendo if... and say hey i'll pay you a no. million dollars to get charizard over here nope nope you cannot do that. Would Charizard even be worth a million dollars? You probably get a lot of people if you're in a high density area, something mm. like that. See, like if you're a coffee shop or something like that, or like a Jamba Juice, yeah, Orange Julius, <laughs> any number of drinks. Really. But I've talked to people <laughs> like with like business owners of that, and they've done the lore things, and I haven't heard a single positive thing. It's like people come, they sit in their phones. Yeah. And then they leave. They, don't they use anything. your bathroom. Yeah, well, honestly, basically. Like, I mean, who's playing it? Really? Well, I don't know. I guess there's lots of older people playing it, but I would guess that the majority of them don't have a lot of disposable income. They're just 
playing a game during the summer while they're out of school. I know of someone who got fired because they <laughs> were neglecting their job because of how much. Hey, wait, they were is this someone you know personally? No. Is this a friend of a friend? No. Is this just something you saw on Reddit? No, this is someone at uh, Vivin. Oh, okay. Getting suspicious. Suspe- I cannot believe that. That's specific. insane. Yeah, yeah. It's addiction right there. Uh, that yeah, some people get addicted. I'm 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 curious to know. So how long has it been out? Three uh, weeks. I think three weeks. Three weeks. I know that they they got more users than Twitter. More users than Twitter. I want to know what the drop off is now after like the buzz is kind of dying down. Yeah, I think uh, I think the buzz is probably dying down a lot. If I were to guess, and uh, they're gonna, I think they need some sort of update to keep it fresh or something like that. Yeah, they do. I think what people kind of are getting update? what getting kind of update would they need? I don't know. Something more people can like trade or fight each other or yeah. interact with each other in some way. Who knows? Okay, growth hacking. Before we move on from here, and we can take up the rest of the time if we want. What were some of the highlights? Like, what tips or tools were mentioned that people would most want to know about as it as it pertains to growth hacking? Uh, a common one he gave, and that I mean, it's not anything like groundbreaking, but it is. It's it's one of those like it's such common sense, but a lot of people don't do it. It comes to uh, about Facebook advertising. A lot of people ask. You know, what's the best way to do Facebook advertising? I feel like I'm wasting money. And he just said, set a budget on there for $50 a day and run 10 ads at $5 a day and just watch the analytics obsessively for, you know, that first week and then figure out. So it kind of goes to that whole testing, experimenting with those. Whereas a lot of people, like, they do their quote-unquote research and whatnot, and they say, well, based off best practices, this ad is going to perform the best. And then they just dump all their money into that. Yeah. And uh, for startups, especially with growth, I mean, Vivint could afford to do something like that. Whereas a startup is looking like we've got to stretch this dollar out as much as possible. And so they don't want to blow a lot of money early on. So, and especially if you're brand new to PPC, like any type of platform, don't go in and start throwing in hundreds or thousands of dollars, like do little $10 experiments and just kind of see what happens there before you move on. So that was one interesting tip. I don't know if Paxton had any that yeah, stuck out. Yeah, I actually out. wrote down a list of a bunch of tools. Some of them, I mean, he was, this is what I didn't like about his presentation is towards the end, it was just like, here's this tool and here's this tool and here's this tool. Yeah. And like, that's almost as fast as he was moving. Um, so I was just writing down the ones I thought were interesting. Sometimes I could write down explanations. Sometimes I couldn't, so I don't remember what they were for. Uh, two things that I really liked about his presentation one was at the beginning which is the principle of drinking someone else's milkshake basically if you have a a straw that's long enough you can drink other people's milkshake and they can't stop you so the idea is if you are building a new platform or you're selling a product and you need users you need visitors you need eyeballs use other people that have accumulated that uh traffic and steal it uh his example was like the airbnb thing where uh, Craigslist was already super popular, so they just took all the listings that were on Craigslist, put them on Airbnb, and then they took all their Airbnb listings and put them on Craigslist so that people were forced from Craigslist to go to Airbnb to book those listings. Um, and uh, then people could book listings with Airbnb, through Airbnb that were actually Facebook listings. So it was pretty interesting, and I like that concept, and uh, there are a lot of creative ways that I think you could implement something like that. The other thing that he talked about uh, that I'm going to try, I hadn't thought of, was putting, he says uh, right now you can put emojis in subject lines uh, of your emails. 
And that drastically increases open rates, especially because almost nobody's doing that right now. And Mac has it built into their operating system to be able to access an emoji menu. And uh, you can just easily add some emojis to your subject line, test that out, see how it affects your open rates. So that was pretty cool, uh, pretty cool quick hack. Yeah, and I think another thing that stuck out to me, and he used LinkedIn as an example, I mean, probably the biggest reason that LinkedIn was able to grow, and a lot of networks do this now, is as soon as you sign in, they do everything they can to get you to add your contacts and get access to all this stuff. And that's a super quick way. And there's so many people I've talked to that launch their apps, and they're super cool apps, but they have no sharing abilities. And that's one of the big things is you really have to take advantage of those early adopters and get them to uh, share Share it with their friends or when you offer them some type of incentive. I don't know if you, do you guys remember Robinhood, the investing Bring app? Up. I use it still. You still use it? Yeah. So like their the, their launch was, I mean, 100% growth hacking. The big way that they gained momentum was you put in your email, you get placed in line. Yeah. And uh, based on, you know, if you share, if you do all these different things, you're moving up in line. So yeah. it got me thinking about like Market Campus because I think I do a horrible job with our current students to get them it's kind of just like, you know, sell, and now we're going to teach you, and how do we do? And I think we could do a lot better on getting them, whether we gamify the process or maybe even make it so, yeah, our course is 850 but you can essentially pay for part of it by doing these different things, that attaching mm, or whatnot, cool. or sharing, and kind of like reducing the price. I think that would be uh, interesting to people. And that, and so that, that kind of stuff like just got me thinking about like how, did, how can we take advantage of our current audience and really just grow from there. You're almost getting your users or your viewers or whatever it is to do the marketing for you. Yeah. I like that. Uh, with the LinkedIn thing, he was, he actually, uh, I don't think he said it, but on one of his slides, it was talking about how that was a dark pattern. And, uh, like we talked about a few episodes ago and LinkedIn actually got sued. What did he say? $13 million or something like that. Um, and he was saying, look, they did this bad thing, the sneaky thing, and they got sued. Uh, but do you think they cared about $13 million when they were just acquired by Microsoft for $3 billion? So like his whole point was you do whatever it takes to grow your business. And so it's kind of like the sneakiest, what, you know, like figure out whatever it will take to grow. And that's what you have to do. Um, he actually said, and I tweeted out this quote, he said, uh, some of the biggest companies are built on the backs of secrets basically just like little tricks that help you grow and then he mentioned like when you figure out something that helps you grow fast don't talk to anybody about it don't write blog posts don't tell don't tell your investors how you're growing just say we're growing we figured it out but don't tell them how you the last thing you want is for your trick to get out because then you've lost your potency this coming from a guy who's touring telling everyone (laughs) his secrets I'm sure he has a bunch of secrets he's not telling anybody. When I uh, actually tweeted at him, because he said at the beginning, like, tweet at me during the presentation. So I kind of just wanted to see what would happen when I did that. He uh, has an autoresponder that would just reply as soon as you tweet at him. I freaking hate that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was so weird. As soon as I tweeted to him, seconds later, I got added to like 15 different lists by 15 different people. And so I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Yeah, I noticed that. Because I like, tweeted, like, oh, come check out Vincent. And like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm getting added on these lists yeah. and whatnot and with new followers. So I feel like he's probably got like 20 or so Twitter accounts set up to that 
just automatically do stuff when people interact with him to, I don't know why, you know, there's lots of benefits to doing that, but I'm sure there's a lot. And he didn't mention that. In fact, afterwards I asked him about it. I was like, Hey, when I tweeted you, all this stuff started happening. He's like, Hmm, you know, I don't know. There's lots of people and that he kind of just ended it. And that was the end. Of it. So I bet I'm sure he has a lot of secrets that he's not saying. And like I said, he didn't really say anything in there that I didn't already know with the exception of the emoji thing. So I don't, he's not really revealing a bunch of crazy secrets. Hmm. What tools did he share? A whole bunch. Yeah. All right. Just give me a few. Oh gosh. Um, there was a, I'm actually looking through his deck right now. Oh, can you send that to me? You got to email Vincent for it. I don't want to do that. There's, just... see, there's another thing. Like I noticed, and he does this everywhere he speaks. He never, cause a lot of people like do a bitly link and they upload it to SlideShare before. Um, I did that with that YouTuber presentation. But he wants to email yeah, he wants he wants the email addresses, which or maybe you could even just bring them to a landing page and then that asks them for yeah. their email. But so, he emails it back to you. Uh huh. So yeah, and I just I emailed him afterwards and like, hey, can I get that deck? And uh, he sent it over. But can you send that to me? Yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay, I got some tools that I wrote down. You have some tools too. You can go ahead. That was just that was just a growth hack right there. Well, yeah. not really, but Paxton was was. Uh, riding off of Brandon's coattails for information that he should. Yeah, have so I don't. Well, I don't have to. I don't have to pay the price. So yeah. that's my growth hack: growing my business without paying. Uh, okay, email hunter, which is just a way to find emails. Mail tester, which is a way to validate those emails. Uh, Discoverly, discover.ly. It shows friends you have in common with other people. So if you can find someone you're trying to connect with, see who you're connected. And that goes outside of just LinkedIn. We'll say if you're both following someone on Twitter or you're both friends on Facebook or something like that. Yeah, what's that called? Discoverly. D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R dot L-Y. Um, Kickboxing.io will clear bad emails from your list. So if you have, you know, list restrictions in terms of how many you can set, uh, send you want to get all the bad ones out as soon as possible so kickboxing.io uh, he gave a another cool little tip which was if you are sending tons of email in order to prevent your email from going either into spam or the promotions tab if you warm up your ip address by sending an email out to 10 people that you've already agreed with will actually respond to that email. Then the, when you do send out your mass email, a larger percentage of them will go straight to inbox instead of spam folder. Interesting. But you have to teach the, the, you know, the, the, the mail. What am I thinking of? You have to teach Gmail or whoever using that, that IP address is legitimate. And they have services out there. I'm looking for the tool I can't find. One that I use is messagesumo.com, and basically it logs into your – because when you're emailing from Gmail, it, like, will rarely go to a spam account from Gmail to Gmail or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you basically can set your template. You know, it has all the first names. So, like, hey, Jacob, I wanted to follow up and see how you liked the presentation or whatnot, and it looks like a personal email. So there's those that you can – it doesn't necessarily replace like your mass sales email marketing, but for personal like follow up messages, that could be. And he's tested it, and he got way more opens, way more feedback. I think he started doing it just by having an intern like go in and email all these people. 
Um, yeah, that was interesting. Another tool I thought was interesting, and I'm not sure if Paxton thought maybe you know better tools, but I think I believe it was called import.io, and it supposedly scrapes the web. And he gave an example of there's this guy that has a shipping service that essentially you know, is better and faster than something like FedEx or UPS. So he used this tool to scrape like all of Amazon and got all of the merchants or the, you know, the seller's information and then would just contact them and say, I've got a shipping service that's better, cheaper, faster. And he built basically, according to Vincent, his entire business off of that one tool, just using that to scrape business owners, contact them, get their business, which I guess you could say. So yeah, growth hacking is very, it's a lot of create. It's, it's essentially just taking a different, unique approach, identifying where the attention is and taking advantage of that early on. And it works very well for startups. It's not as valuable for established companies yeah. who already have, you know, millions of dollars or a huge audience because yeah, this is kind of a, and you look at every, there's, so there's a really good website. If, if you're listening to this and you're just like, man, this growth hacking stuff sounds super interesting, I would suggest growthhackers.com. It's a, they call it a, yeah, it's a premier growth hacking community. So it's very much like inbound, but it's centered purely on growth hacking. And they have a really cool section called growth studies. And that's where they look at the latest examples. And uh, I think Vincent got a lot of his examples from this website, but it shows how Slack was able to grow so fast, how Tinder, Stripe, Spotify, and it, and it really digs into their marketing strategies early on. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great website to be a part of. I like it a lot, almost more than inbound. I don't know, but I like them both, but kind of two different conversations going on. But yeah. Growthhackers.com is one community I would highly suggest to people. And also we're, uh, I've uploaded the presentation, the video of Vincent speaking onto our market campus channels. So follow market campus on basically any social or head straight to our YouTube and you'll be able to watch the full presentation and, uh, it'll give you information on how you can get the deck. They can't just email you and ask for it. <laughs> I just said, uh, I haven't, I was, I was going to email Vincent and ask if he'd be cool, but it's like, I'll just point. To, <laughs> I don't care that much. If they want the deck, they can just email him. So it has the email What you should do is say, if you want his deck, email me for it. I could. <laughs> and then uh, I guess there's nothing illegal about that. No, man. What's he going to do? I don't know. Say bad things about me. So I just downloaded Discoverly. It's, uh, it's like reportive, but for mm. all your channels, not just Gmail. I'll have, to, I'll have to mess around with it a little bit. Was there anything? Wait, you just got reportive? No, I just got Discoverly. Oh, sorry. Holy cow. It's not listening. <laughs> I was getting into that import.io thing. That thing is awesome. Wait, what's that one? Did you mention that one? That was the one I said, scraping the web. I just dumped in Amazon's uh, Today's Deals page, and it just pulled out an image of every single item, the name of each item, the price of each item, just like it pulls out all the pieces of data and puts it into a spreadsheet. It's pretty awesome. Oh, man. I need so, to try it out. There's so much you could use that so for. So one link building tactic that um, – so ADT is one of our competitors. They are going around uh, getting links on uh, Chamber of Commerce websites all over the country. They've got, I don't know, a couple hundred. I mean, you've got to pay for a membership, which sometimes is free, but sometimes it's 100 bucks, sometimes it's 1000 bucks. But they're probably throwing down a ton of money to become members and – 
there's a website. I want to say it's just chamberofcommerce.com or something like that, where it's a directory of all the chambers in the nation. And I was thinking, man, if I could just extract this, uh, this data without having to click through all these pages, I wonder if there's a way to do that with, uh, with import.io. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Anyway, let me ask you this as you listen to what you've heard so far of the presentation and just growth hacking in general, what are your thoughts on growth hacking? Like, do you look at it as, eh, this doesn't sound that great. Maybe it's just because you're already, you know, you're working for a fortune 500 company or do you, is it, is it perk your ears a little bit? And you're just like, this is interesting. I want to learn more. I wish I had been there and I, I was planning on going, uh, but couldn't, we just moved. And, uh, and literally was, I was in the middle of unpacking and getting things ready. So I couldn't come, but I wanted to growth hacking is it's cool. I like those little presentations where you get like a list of tools that you can go experiment with and, and these little ideas. And, um, I don't know, like what specifically are you asking me? Just what Just I think few, about your growth, general growth overall opinion of maybe if you're like, oh, I hate the term growth hacker. No, I, I, I love the term growth hacking. I was just thinking a lot of people hate thinking, it. Well, I was just thinking growth hacking is like if you aren't a marketer and you don't know what it is, that's something that would what anything that has to do with hacking. I, I feel like is excuse me, life kind hacking, of appealing. life hacking. Yeah. Growth hacking. I love life hacks, man. I could I could browse Pinterest all day for life hacks. <laughs> uh, Why don't you just go to lifehacker.com for dude, life hacks? That's the biggest misconception. Pinterest is the best life hacking website. Mm, I don't know. I don't go on Pinterest. <laughs> so I kind of feel like Vincent uh, is a big walking hack, and not in the in the pejorative in the negative yeah way. Uh, basically, like. The way he dresses, I don't, I don't get the sense that that is actually him. I get the sense that it's very much a persona he's trying to build in yeah. order to get attention, and uh, and not again, not in a bad way. I think it's working for him, but like at first when I was, I was like, man, who's this weird dude? Like he's just <laughs> super into weird clothes. But the, as time went on, I was like, I don't think he's actually into weird clothes like this. Like you think it's just part of his brand? Uh huh. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a growth hack. Yeah. Yeah. Every presentation, he wears the same outfit. So he's kind of got Seth Godin's yellow glasses, Rand Fishkin's yellow shoes. Wait, he wears the same outfit in every presentation? Yeah. Like those shoes. He always has those shoes on. Like every presentation and photo I've seen, he always has those on. A lot of them, he wears shades while he was presenting. So I was surprised he didn't have shades on. That's because huh. he's high and wants to <laughs> hide his bloodshot eyes. Just kidding. Do you think he'll share this episode? Uh, maybe. No. We'll, we'll hit him up. I do not. Is it because I said the the did, high thing? Did you say negative things about Vincent? Yeah. Well, well darn I it. I didn't say he was a hack. Oh, well. <laughs> I he's, meant, he's, he's hacking a, he's his a way walking, to success. He's a walking growth hack is what I should have said. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some irony A there. lot of growth hacking is almost creating that illusion of yeah. it's kind of that fake it till you make it. You know, you look at uh, Instagress, which I use for like Vegas Hut and whatnot. You're kind of creating that illusion that even though it's backed up by real numbers, the growth is artificial almost. It's yeah. not like what most people would. Have, and so it, and then it just slowly snowballs. And then you're eventually a big brand like Slack where you're making a lot of money. 
You know, Jacob and I were talking, we went to lunch today and we were talking about this specifically and uh, how it, it just like bugs me when there's someone I know, like I know they don't know their stuff and yet they just happen to be loud and they're good at faking it and they they get success out of it. And it, it, it just, it's hard for me to see, like, sit back and watch that happen when I know that they aren't the best. But the fact is, is it works and it pays to be loud and it pays to, you know, position yourself as someone who's the best, even if you're not. So this yeah, is what you say about the, me. The, yeah. The people who are the best <laughs> are the ones who aren't in front of the, in yeah. front of the people, you know, yeah. the ones who aren't spending their time preparing a presentation or flying around touring, uh, giving these presentations. It's the ones who have their head down and just learn and learn and learn and, uh, and apply what they're learning and just go there. Yeah. Anyone, you name anyone, Gary Vaynerchuk doesn't matter. There's someone better who nobody knows, you know, but I still fall into the illusion in other things. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at seeing through stuff when they're marketers, but outside of our industry, I fall for it every time. In my opinion, Malcolm Gladwell is like the most genius person I've ever heard. Are you listening to his podcast, by the way? I didn't know he had a podcast. I know. I've been meaning to tell you about this for a couple weeks. It's called Revisionist History. It is become my number one favorite podcast. Revisionist History? Yep. He kind of goes through. He's a solo host? Yep. How many episodes? Solo host, solo interviewer. He builds all the stories. Uh, I want to say there's four or five episodes right now. Yeah, I'm listening. You have to. How long are they? About an hour each. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're so good. So, I love so good. Gladwell. I know. Me too. And he, to me, he's like a genius. I went to. But if the, if this whole theory applies, he's not. He just has other people doing it for him or whatever. But like, I, I don't know. I went to the Qualtrics Insight Summit uh-huh. for the sole purpose to hear him speak. Yeah. I think Nice and Floor went. Yeah. What, how, was that uh, like two or three years ago? Nice and Floor went to, yeah. You guys remember that? It was at the, yeah. Uh, yeah, he signed my book. Yeah. It was his David and Goliath tour. Uh-huh. It was at, um, what's that place called? Abravano Hall. Yeah. No. No. I just, <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, right? it was. That's the one downtown. It was the one by the Salt Palace. Or yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Abravano Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, that was, that was way better than the one at Inside Summit. Yeah, there are a few people that I feel like have a lot of clout that are actually legit, and he's one of them in my book. Yeah, I'm just waiting for his next book. Dave and Goliath didn't do it for me. It was uh, a yeah, little probably slow. wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't as good as Tipping Point. Well, that's all the time we have. Let's go ahead and close up shop. Any last words? My last call to action: follow Market Campus on YouTube, and you can watch the video of Vincent's presentation that we were talking about. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you're interested in someone who. Doesn't tweet at all, and then every couple of weeks feels like he should be on Twitter, tweets five times, and then feels like it's pointless, and then gets back off Twitter. Uh, are you going to tell him what your handle is? Oh, yeah. Pa- <laughs> Paxton M. Gray. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you guys for participating in this episode. Please contact, reach out. Please reach out if you've got questions or uh, want to submit some topic ideas. Edit. <laughs> Edit that. <laughs> that's all see ya the end